Welcome back to the Master of None podcast. I am the host, Stephen Murphy, as always. I'm joined by one of the regular rugby crew, which is Sam. Uh, but we have a guest for the first time in, what, a couple of months, Sam, I think. Uh, Mac Hansen was the last guest. Uh, but we are delighted to have Shane Bolton on the pod today. Uh, Shane was born in Pretoria in South Africa in 2000, which makes me feel very old. Um, and having played in the Varsity Cup for Shimlaz, I hope I'm not mispronouncing that, Shane, uh, in South Africa. He then signed for Connacht in 2001 and has been playing ever since. Shane, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on the podcast. No problem. Thank you for uh, accepting the invite. Uh, we did actually message you and me and Sam were having a few pints uh, in our local pub here and we were fearing that you may have agreed maybe while you were having a few pints and would have regretted it the next morning. But thankfully not. And you've uh, fulfilled your end of the bargain. So we appreciate that. But uh, That's how Smurf gets all the guests. Gets DMs when he's had a few. Gets, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling brave. Great. I'm feeling brave. It was great timing then, I must say. Uh, the week off then last week uh, after the game or a couple of days off. Yeah, we had uh, we had off till the Wednesday. We're back in on Thursday, back to training. Yeah, yeah. And then how's the body after that now? Because it looked ferocious out there. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm still. I don't know how you played. I'm still trying to get get warmer after the game. I was shivering in the game, but uh, yeah, body's all good. Yeah, ready ready to go again. Just with the weekend off, like what what do you do? On a weekend off, do you do you kind of try and stay a little bit healthy, or do you just go all out? Yeah, uh, no, no. We you try and stay healthy. Look, look after the body. Um, we love going to the sauna. Like a couple of the lads just tag along, go to the sauna together, and uh, do like a, a ice bath too at the sauna, and then go for breakfast, whatever. Go for a couple of coffees, and then the rest of the time just lie on the couch and relax a little bit. Is it easier to do ice baths when it's this cold outside? Or is it worse when it's this cold outside? I've often wondered about it's, that. It's never easy to do an ice bath. <laughs> but it's definitely easier uh, when you get out the sauna straight away. We just I just try and get in as fast as possible. Then the body temp you don't feel it as much. But I would say, I don't know how the benefits are. But Who's who's the worst at them? And who's the best at them now in the squad? Uh, look, everyone goes to the sauna. I, I would say I'm the worst for ice baths now. Um, I don't like the cold that much. Uh I know Dermot, Dermot loves getting in in the ice bath. He, yeah, he stays in for quite a bit and Bondi too, yeah. Different, hardcore guys. Uh, let's chat, Chamber, when you join Connacht. Uh, first of all, uh, how did the move come about? Oh, I was just really lucky. Uh, grandmother was born in, in Dublin. So obviously always had the, the roots here in Ireland. I never thought much about it, but then uh, the opportunity came along. I think my agent uh, just took a chance and I think he sent like uh, to Connacht and they they reached out and they were interested so I was like uh, I'm so young why not take a chance and come over love it love the attitude and did you know much about Connacht before joining oh uh, I, I remember watching Connacht for the first time and I seen the dog track around and the the little <laughs> the little pavilion on the the clan which is the clan stand and uh I was like, uh, there's a lot of people at the ca- at the stadium, but it looks cold and miserable. I didn't think much of it at that time, but yeah, ended up here. That's an accurate report, uh, I think, cold and miserable <laughs> for, for Galway. But uh, you said you're, you're Irish qualified to your grandma. Did you visit Ireland when you were younger then? Were you ever over here at all? I've never been over. The first time I was over was when I flew over in 2021. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When that all came about, I think there's one or two South African centric rugby journalist living around the london area that the uh, ap ap Cron- cronia i think is his name 
And he kind of, he put us all on, as Connick fans, put us all on to the fact you were signing because it was in an Afrikaans newspaper like the day before, the two days before. So we were all like, oh shit, this lad's coming. And we got onto it. Uh, and then Connick didn't announce it for ages. And we were like, oh, what's going on here? And he was like, no, this is this, this is the stuff, this is the stuff. When that sort of stuff is released, like, did Connick tell you, like, don't put anything on your social media or do whatever you want? Or how how do kind of those press releases work? I actually can't remember what happened, but uh, they didn't really say anything to me. I think uh, I just, I signed, I got the contract and signed it. And then, but it was like in the start of June and like, I didn't get much, much information yet. So I was just kind of waiting for Connacht just to tell me when am I coming over. And it was obviously in COVID times too. So it was really stressful because like the quarantine, I think South Africa was a red country. So if you come from South Africa to Ireland or anywhere in Europe, like you have to quarantine for two weeks. And we're just trying to sort that stuff out as soon as possible. And then I I really wanted to be there for the first day of preseason. I don't want to be behind at all because I knew I had to get used to it. And uh, I'd have to give myself the best chance to get used to everything. I think uh, Ben O'Donnell landed at the same time and his Instagram story was just him putting in a hotel room for like two weeks straight. Was that the same for yourself or did you forget? Oh, I, I didn't know what to expect, so I didn't bring over my golf clubs. But um, Connor sorted me out with a few weights and with like a watt bike and everything. Uh, you remember they gave me, I can't remember how much kilos it was, but when I came over, I wasn't very strong. Uh, they sent me like 45 kilogram dumbbells. And I could barely pick them up by myself. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm in for something here. Uh, and then, yeah, so but before you came, it was you were playing Varsity Cup uh, with the Shimalis, Shimalis, so I'm probably but, butchering that now. <laughs> no, close, close. Uh, it was with the Shimalis. So, yeah. like, after school, I left, and then you get, like, a, a academy contract, almost you can say. I was with the Cheetahs. Yeah. And then with the academy contract, you, go, you have to go study at the university, and that was the UFS University of Free State, and they their rugby team is called the Shimmelers. So yeah, I played for the under twenty one Cheetahs, and then for the Shimmelers too. And then were you involved in kind of wider training squads with the Cheetahs, or were you close to signing for them at all? Or oh, uh, so I, I had a two year out of school, two year like academy contract, and then after that they didn't they didn't give me extension, and then I just kind of stayed with the university. I didn't have another choice. And then I was really hoping to become part of the wiring tra- wider training squad, but I, n- I I don't think I have one session with them now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, obviously, moving thirteen thousand kilometers away from home, Shane, must have been tough. Uh, how did you find the move at the start? Was it was it tough moving away from friends and family for those initial kind of couple of months? Oh yeah, it was really tough. Uh, it was like I'm the the youngest child, so I like I was staying in home. Like mom did everything for me, dad did everything for me. I, I almost I didn't know how to make food when I moved over, so it was really tough at the start, and uh, tough to get a house and go away too. All the lads, so like there was a one open one spare room in one of the lads' house, and Mac ended up getting that one, and uh, I was like all, all on my own. Like I was staying in the hotel for a bit, and then. Uh, I had uh, thank goodness Ben O'Donnell put me up in his in his house for like a month too, so I was very thankful for him, and uh, he kind of showed me the ways. Is that is Leave that a good is that a good thing that Ben O'Donnell showed oh, yeah, you the ways? Great thing, best thing that could have happened to me. <laughs> and uh, when you first saw you remember Mammy's boy then, so you land in Galway, uh, tough to find food or bries or. Uh, oh no, bries at all. I still I think I can count on one of my hands how many bries I've had in in Galway. And uh, so what do you find then? What's your what's your replacement since you moved? What's the best spot in Galway for a bit of food or a bit of drink? Uh, food. 
I love, I, I like old food, actually, like Hansenberger, Dobro's. Uh, there's a pizza place out in Spittle that we, we go to quite a bit. I can't remember the name. It's a tiny little shop. Uh, great pizza. And yeah, anywhere for anywhere for breakfast, Dalla. Uh, yeah, so go all over the place. Yeah, it's good brunch and going now. Go uh, who, does, who, yeah. does does pretty yeah. well for a small city. You're Great, a man. brunch, you're a brunch connoisseur, Smurf. Although Westy, the other lad, he's he's our usual kind of brunch. He's he's a big Della guy and an Emo's peer guy. I don't know. I'm more of a well Della Della again. You know, very generous, gener- generously uh, sponsored the podcast for a little bit. So we've we've good relationship with Della. Good good relationship. Unreal, with Della. Unreal, yeah. And uh, <laughs> sorry, my daughter's shouting at me there. <laughs> and who do you get on best with from, uh, from the team? Oh, uh, there's everyone is legend. Everyone is such like we have such nice people in Connacht, uh, Connacht rugby. But I, I obviously live with Shane Jennings and Charlie Ward, uh, and then so I get on well with them. And Dylan Tierney Martin, Oren McNulty, Dermot Kilgallen. We're we're a big big group, but I love I love everyone. There's literally not one person in the team that I don't get along with. Yeah, it, it's for, let's just get the let's just get the bad side of the way, Shane. Let's talk about your injuries. Obviously, you've had some bad luck in that department since you've been with Connacht. Can you talk us through the timeline and sort of what exact injuries have caused you to, to miss out in that game time? Yeah, um, I've had a good few now, so I'm trying trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, I think my first one was the, my first year. I I was actually playing sailing. I didn't have many big injuries. But then in the preseason of my second season, uh, tore my pec, or I got knocked out in the in the preseason match versus Sale after like ten minutes sleeping on the pitch, and then a week later I had to go do like a return to play gym, and then tore my pec like freak accident in the gym, and then that was like three or four months I think. Uh, came back, played one game versus Dragons, and then the week after I was meant to start again against Edinburgh. And uh, another freak accident in training. I I done my ankle. Uh, yeah, I done my syndesmosis and a few other things. And then yeah, uh, preseason this year, I tore my hamstring twice. Unfortunately, yeah. Jesus, so it's a fucking fair shit few of them. I actually I didn't realize the first season you you were kind of injury free. So because you came onto the scene like the first game you played, scored that wonder try, and everyone in the crowd was going. John Lomu 2.0 signed for Connick, <laughs> let's go. And then you weren't actually involved in the squad too much that year. Maybe people forgot your age just because of how good the try was and because obviously you were signing from abroad. So was there was there something else there? Was coaches giving you something to work on or was it just fierce competition? In fairness, uh, there was really good players. In se- I was still playing centre regular, regularly, uh, often. So uh, there was really good competition like Sam Arnold, Bondi, obviously Tom Daly, Tom Farrow. Like all the big big dogs, and then um, Dermot was still playing thirteen. Then uh, Pete Rob was still here, so there was big lads in there. And then I just had a lot to learn. I I had so much to learn in like terms of how Connacht play and how we defend and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I just yeah, I was just learning from everyone else, and I was just trying to take my opportunity once I got like game time and stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I, I had to learn so much. I actually had to develop a lot, a lot of skills. And just like defensively, I had a lot to work on. So, yeah. And then with the injury side of things, then the second season uh, and earlier on in this season, how tough is that mentally to deal with just as a player? Like, Oh, yeah. Uh, in fairness, like you get you go to dark places, you go to dark places. Uh, 
Um, you just kind of have to take it day by day, not think about uh, like the future too much and try and like to rehab your best and try and get as strong as you can. And uh, you try and focus a little bit of like, you try and get like a project outside of rugby. Um, like a few of the older lads are helping with that. I, I don't know, I was just trying to become a better person, like reading books and, I don't know, going to the gym, and getting stronger, trying like make make good memories with friends and stuff and just try and keep the the thoughts away from the rugby for a bit. Yeah, it's, it's a side of the sport that people don't think about a lot is the rehabbing stage of the injuries because the show always goes on. There's always a game coming up. There's there's talking points and it sometimes can feel like the players who are rehabbing get kind of forgotten. You know, can you give us an insight into what that like and how it impacts the players? Is there also like a bonding with other players who are rehabbing? Do you become quite close with other players who are rehabbing? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's You definitely go to dark place and like it, sometimes like you would always be part of the group, but sometimes you just feel like you're not part of it because you're on a different sh- uh, schedule to the others. Like you, you'd be in the gym whilst they're out on the pitch and then when you're doing a rehab run, they'd be in the gym. So you're kind of like just missing each other the whole time, but you obviously you get very close with the lads. I think I was with Connor Fitz, uh, Gav Thornbury, Sean Masterson. Uh, yeah, I was with... Uh, Pete Rob was there for a bit, so like you make you make really good mates, and like I mean, the the management also class. They like try and keep you positive, and they do a great job. Uh, like keep things interesting and make sure you're not going getting too down and like, getting thinking down about yourself and stuff. So yeah, they do a great job. Yeah, you were saying you read a fair bit, but you're saying the older players gonna have more of like a outlets that they do. You didn't get into anything in particular. What sort of stuff are the other players doing? Just kind of keep your mind off if they're away from the game for a bit. I I actually can't remember what the others were doing, but like I I think Jack Hart, Jack Harty was on to me. He's he's a legend. He helps me a lot. He's like my dad in Galway. Uh, he I remember he was telling me I should like try and like make Biltong, like, start, like, a Biltong company, maybe, and go away, start making a little bit of Biltong, sell okay. it to the lads, whatever, just to keep me busy. Is it CJ Stander has a company selling, you know, them round sausages? in the Oh, yeah, I think it's CJ and uh, Ludic that used to play for Ulster. Ulster, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, I've seen it. What's it? Hellbent Burvors or something like that. Like uh, that right. it's, it's actually class, yeah, it's, it's unreal. I've had it a couple of times. Jack Jack seems quite business minded. You can tell that in his in his kind of Instagram and stuff. So yeah, it's good. I'm t- I don't know how he chuffed it'd be hearing you call him his dad though. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were speaking about it the other day. Yeah, he looks after me well. He helps me, gives me a lot of advice, and yeah, you could always count on Jack. He's a gentleman. Absolutely. Uh, when you were building back up, then after the injury, we seen you play with uh, Galwegians a little bit. Um, how did you find that preparing you to come back? And then like, who makes the call on that? Is is Connacht kind of advising you to go play with a team like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I came over, I, I would say like you have to ha- sign for a club, I think. And I was I didn't have a car at the time, so I was like, oh, I sign- I'll sign for the for the closest club, and ended up being Goegians. And uh, made I've made a few great mates there from Goegians, and I love the people, love the club. Um, yeah, Connacht. So when you when you get injured, they would like say you out for three months. They say uh, Shane, before we consider you, we just want you to get a bit of like uh, game time under the belt. And just like blow the cobwebs out, and uh, yeah, game time always helps. And they they say like, oh, go play a couple games there. We'll watch the games and stuff. And uh, in fairness, they do watch the games and give you tips, and it it just helps you grow. Yeah. One sec. I've always wondered, like you know, I've seen you bounce 
professional players in tackles what are you doing to these poor recreational <laughs> doing this for their hobby yeah like the likes of sam there that doesn't seem fair do you get enjoyment out of destroying people like that oh no i wouldn't say i bounce anyone there at the club i was just uh, try and be a, a ball player and uh, just try and i don't know grow learn stuff from the game and just enjoy it too that's that's the reason why we play it. I mean, it's just to enjoy it and try and have fun on the pitch and just express myself. Yeah. Now this might be complete. This might be wrong, but I think I saw. Were you supposed to play for Bucks earlier on this season? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm allowed to play for. Uh, so they asked me to move from Goweedians, and I went to Bucks. Uh, I was supposed to play the one day, yeah, and then I think I just pulled pulled up with my hamstring a little bit. Um. Yeah. And. So if that's the case, like if you were playing for them, let's say you did play that date, like how do the coaches keep up to date with you for playing? You say they tell you go off and play for a club, get a couple of games under your belt. Are they watching the game or are they are you feeding back to them or is the coach from Bucks or from Weegans keep uh, feeding back to them? Or how do they keep up to date with you on your rehab? That side of things. I think uh, I think every game gets like video, like takes a video of the game. So I'm sure they send it off to to the Connor coaches, and they definitely do watch it because they would send you a few clips, and they uh, I would get a lot of like advice and help and stuff. Say if I did something wrong, or well done with this, well done with that, uh, or just stay square, or whatever. So they do they do watch the games. Yeah, is that the same getting into the squad? Let's say like in your first year, you said you weren't in the squad too much. Uh, are they telling you like? I, is it up to you to go ask them how do I get in the squad, or are they giving yeah. you constant feedback, or is it a bit of both? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thing is, I think the coaches want to see that you're interested. So, uh, what I've learned a lot from the older lads is like, I, at the start, I was really, really shy, and I was almost too scared to go into the coaches. Uh, so they, the lads, would be just telling me like, go in, just ask what what you can work on, what's good, uh, what should I do, what shouldn't I do, and just like try and get better, try and pick the coach's brain and. I don't know, yeah, like try and get better, grow grow as a player. Who's the worst coach now? Are you like knocking down on Mark Sexton's door? Or was Friendy bad? Or who's the hardest coach? Like who's who's the easiest and the hardest? Oh, uh, in fairness, all of the coaches we have this season, uh, really, really easy to speak to. Uh, That's a good professional answer. That's what they want to hear. Uh, now tell us the truth. <laughs> no, I'd say all of them are very easy this year. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, we had Mossy, Mossy before. Uh, I struggle to understand his accent, his Limerick accent, so I, I struggled a bit with him, but he was a gentleman, taught me a lot. Uh, Collie, lovely coach to speak to, love speaking to Collie. Always got good clips, but always got stuff to work on, so that's always good. It's, uh, yeah, it builds your confidence too, but like you know you can count on him to be honest with you. I love that, love that yeah. We were all very happy to see you sign a new contract at the end of the last season. Shane, was that an easy decision for both parties? Were you considering anywhere else at the time? Oh, uh, I think it was kind of difficult because uh, seeing all my injuries last season and then I only played one game. I think it was really difficult for Connor to to have a reason to sign me. So I'm just very thankful that I'm still here. And uh, oh, yeah, I was getting a bit of homesick. So I was trying whatever, trying to do whatever to go to go back home. But like I'm, I'm very, I'm very lucky to have stayed, and I'm very happy I stayed. So yeah, very thankful to Connacht. Was there concrete talks with anyone? Were you, sharks weren't after you for their dream team. No, not the, not the sharks, but uh, yeah, there was, I was kind of speaking to people, but like it was just, it wasn't anything on the table. Just catching up and trying to trying to get something. 
right, well, yeah, we don't want to see day. you leave. We don't want to see you leave, Shane. But just don't leave for Munster, Leinster, Ulster. That's all. That's all we ask. Okay, you can go back <laughs> no, to South Africa, but don't leave for Munster, especially. But if you're going to go back to South Africa, don't just become like this South African legend and mull into the team. Like if you're going to go back to South Africa, just tip away the Curry Cup. Don't don't be constantly in our because we've just been on this podcast anyway. We've been time get him in the team, get him in the team since the first day we saw you, and then we finally got the run of play games this year now. Uh, and we're delighted. So how has it been back to regular kind of run of rugby, really getting that form? Yeah, it's been class to get the minutes on the belt. And uh, I don't know, uh, obviously moved position a little bit to to winger, enjoying it, enjoying it a lot. Like I got lots of people helping me out and just so thankful for everyone that's so kind. Uh, like just picking Max Brain. I mean, Alex Wilson that used to be here, uh, Tiernan, like everyone's just helping so much. And uh, just giving me tips the whole time. I mean, I, I'm just so thankful. Like, if it wasn't for all the lads, like, I don't think I would have been playing this much. So, yeah, it's it's been class to play, play again. Like, it gets the heart pumping fast and the physicality and, like, the body's sore the day after. You lo- you just love that feeling. Yeah, jo- uh, Porchy once told me, uh, he said that he feels playing regularly actually stops him from getting injured. He feels like the body adjusts. Do you feel like that's the way with yourself as well? Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's that's so true. Like the body needs to get used to the to the hits and everything. And the best way to do it is play like week after week. And uh, I I must say, body's feeling better than ever now. So can't complain. It's been good this year. And do you find you find the playing on the four G pitch all right? I know there's there hasn't been a complaint since Connick got one, but there was a lot of complaints around the fact that they were becoming more mainstream. So how do you find that? Is the body okay I, on it? I actually love the the four G. In fairness, it's way better than. Playing out in the in the mud and everything, so it makes it easier for me. I enjoy it a lot because it makes the rugby faster, and I don't know, it's just more consistent. I think so. It's it's actually class. Yeah, you feel like you you like Usain Bolt on the pitch, so it's unreal. Is that the nickname? Are you trying to push the Usain Shane Bolton? You no, 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 <laughs> Shane Bolton. I like that. That could be a good one. I like that. We have to keep that going. Um, Shane, there's a new uh, coaching slate in place this season. For someone like yourself who didn't have a, kind of a regular, consistent run in the team, does bringing in a new coaching staff? Do you feel like that gives you a clean slate for opportunities? That there's no maybe like you know preconceived ideas of who you are. That you get a a fair shake like every other player in 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 the team. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it it's class to start like on on a new page with someone it's like a coach and um yeah, it just gives you like new motivation and you just want to get put your best foot forward every every single training session and just try and show the coaches what what you can do and just yeah, try and be the best player so they can pick you. So yeah, it's it's been class with the new coaches. I really liking them. Um, Mark was academy coach before. And I played a couple like Eagles matches and they would be, they'd kind of be the coaches. So at least I've known him for a bit. And then Scott Fardy, brand new. Um, yeah, he's good crack. I love him. Good lad. Um, yeah. Learned a bit from him and we've had Cully for a while now. Uh, Pete, known Pete now since, since I came over. So it's kind of new, but like, you know, the lads for a bit. So. Obviously, John Muldoon and Scott Fardy couldn't look more intimidating uh, in terms of just their stature. Um, are they as intimidating as they look, or are they actually like cuddly little bears underneath it all? Oh, uh, um, yeah, they they are very intimidating people. They mat both uh, big human beings, but uh, they they're very friendly. And I'd say if they wanted to be intimidating and stuff uh, and get in your face, it would be very scary. But thank goodness I don't have to deal too much with with John and. Uh, so yeah, Scott Forrest is very very chilled at training. Um, 
enjoy him, yeah. And uh, how long do you think before they force Mark Sexton to join the balded bearded crew, or is that is he is he exempt from the uniform of coaches? No, I, I think he's going to keep his hair. I think he likes his hair a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, um, just talking to us about Pete Wilkins as the head coach. You said you, you, you've obviously known him for a couple of years. He seems very calm and relaxed, and uh, takes everything in his stride. Is that the case? We've had players on before, and they couldn't have spoken more highly about him as a coach and a person. Um, uh, do you feel the same way as, as about Pete? Yeah, uh, I think he's re- he's a really good coach, and uh, like you can always count on him. Just to be honest with you, and speak whatever's on his mind. Uh, like as a player, you, that's all you want—just honesty. And uh, yeah, he's a lovely person. Always, always greets you with a smile. And uh, yeah, a lovely person, really great coach, and that's that's all you could could ask for. Right, so, and then just. Like I said, when you landed and you scored that try, we kind of on the podcast, we were like, we're we're jumping on the Shane Bolton bandwagon here. We were bigging you up. We love that angry, kind of aggressive, big, strong ball carrier type play. Has that always been your your game style or has that always been a part of your game that you've been proud of? Or is that something since you came to Ireland and we're all puny little weaklings? Have you just decided you embrace that side of the game? <laughs> no, not really. Um, I used to, like, I've been all over the place in terms of what positions I've been playing. So... Uh, I used to play fly off. Can't really carry the ball too much there. I played fullback right. for a good, good bit in school. So I, I loved, I loved kicking in school. I always used to kick. So, uh, that's why I kind of played fullback. And I, I picked up a bit of size since I came to Ireland. I think I put on like ten kgs or whatever. And uh, so that's why I think I'm starting to become more physical and. I just, I don't know, I like it. I like it a lot. Just carrying hard. I don't have to think about too much. I don't know, Shane. I, I've So in preparation for this, I've YouTubed your name when I was watching highlights. I've seen you back in your, I don't know if it was your college days or what, uh, but you were playing centre and you were carrying and you were carrying hard. And one uh, one of the interesting part of the highlights was you were actually a receiver on the long uh, line outs as an option oh, yeah. where you are carrying hard and fast that would be amazing to see for Connacht any chance we could see that in the coming weeks and months <laughs> um, I'd say in professional rugby that would be a different story now I'd say you get lined up if you'd have to do that but um, yeah you could always expect it maybe maybe if we play in a loose game or maybe pick for Bobas one day I'd, I'd be happy to do that but not right now. Give me another few years. In 2016, the year we won it, uh, Connick lined out with Bundy packed down at eight and John Muldoon went to 12. Bundy picked and went off the back of the scrum and when the two defenders came in, he gave it to Muldoon. What about doing the same thing? Get yourself, maybe Sean O'Brien or uh, Jansen out in the wing, put yourself packing down at eight, pick the ball, go, give it out. I, oh, look, I wouldn't want to be a defender if we'd had to do that. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, in the Saris game, uh, what exactly happened between yourself and Owen Farrell? Was that uh, did you instigate that, or what did Owen Farrell do to you? Oh no, yeah, it was my, uh, it was it was all me. Um, I don't know, I just kind of got excited. Um, uh, I think I kicked the ball and we like chased hard, uh, made the tackle, stood up, and then I think I just saw him trying to kick, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna try and show show him I'm here, whatever. And then I just kind of gave him a t- the tiniest of shoves to his head when I was getting up, and he didn't like that a lot. But I actually, I actually do look up to him. Um, always looked up to him, so it was it was just unreal to be on the same pitch as him. I like that though, the tiniest of shoves. 
to his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have said that uh, that was possibly my favourite kind of moment of the season was seeing you get underneath Owen Farrell's skin because it doesn't take much to get under his skin as proven but that's what we love about your playstyle. You play pissed off and you're looking to maybe get under people's skin but it might not help your international chances if you're trying to bully uh, our international coach's son. So just a heads up on that. Uh, and might say- not be... I wouldn't say I was bullying you now. Uh, <laughs> holding me after, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can, as you say, you mentioned you've, you've played a few positions now, Shane. You've played all over the pitch. What position do you think is actually your best position? I, it's such a tough one. I I haven't played all the positions in professional rugby. Younger age stuff. I loved fullback. You just have so much time on the ball. Um, there wasn't as much technical stuff and. So I didn't have to think about too much, and what, where when I was playing fifteen, like the coaches would just let me do my things. But I don't think that happens too often in in professional rugby. So I've I've been enjoying the wing quite a bit uh, the the last couple games. Um, I learned so much from everyone. So I I guess it's just fun to not have any any like weight on your shoulders as like a center. All I when I get the ball, all I have to do is carry hard, and that's what the coaches kind of tell me these days. So it's it's fun not to think about too much and what like uh, what part of your game do you feel like is the strongest part of your game is it your carrying at the moment is it your speed how do you what do you rate yourself in terms of position oh yeah i love i love carrying the ball i just uh most times i just want the ball in my hands um yeah i i obviously like to bank on my speed a bit uh i don't think many people think i'm as fast as i am because i i look kind of i don't know i'm not i don't look very athletic when i'm running but I I am alright. So and then you're saying that it's kind of you're enjoying playing the wing because you got not much to do. But the last couple of games, I don't know. Maybe it's just the OCD in me. But I've seen yourself and Byron swap between wearing eleven and fourteen. Is there much, you know, in the three games? Is there much tactically in training that week, or is it literally just a fight over the fourteen jersey? Or was the coach asked you to do different things if you're on different wings? No, the reason why I had to wear fourteen was because there wasn't a big big enough size for me. And uh, we only had a 14 in the pink jerseys, I think. That was a 2XL. So that's why I was wearing 14. Joyce didn't do his job. Oh, okay, that is so brilliant. I thought there was some tactical mastermind by Pete where you were defending on one wing in a certain way and attacking on another wing. But no, it's just because jersey sizes. Yeah, the 11 jersey was too small for me that week. So, uh, Joycey, that kind of- Joycey, you better believe I'm clipping this and putting this on Instagram. That is 100% going up. That is brilliant. 100%. It should go up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just goes to show now like Eve is like myself now I was hypothesizing about that on the podcast I was like I wonder what he's doing differently looking out for things it's just Jersey <laughs> sense. sometimes we overanalyze that's for sure um, your high ball like c- catching the high ball was superb against Munster we were talking about in the podcast you, I think you caught every ball and what we loved about it was once you caught it you also you ploughed forward and looked to make a couple of yards as well, not just catch it. Has that always been a part of your game that you've been confident in or has being in Galway forced you to develop that with the wind and the rain? Oh, yeah, that was a big work on for me. Uh, as soon as I became a winger or started playing wing more often, that was a big work on for me. I, I try and do like high ball catching every, every day, try and get a scrum off or just somebody to kick as high as they can for me and try and get used to the wind and the rain and, I don't know, everything here in Galway. And... Uh, yeah, it's very stressful. It's very, it's very stressful, but I I just look to to work on it every day, and I try and feel as comfortable as I can under the ball. Yeah, I think if you're a winger with uh, Connacht, about ninety percent of it is literally being able to catch a high ball in that wind and rain. Like once you've got that, got that, the rest of the wing stuff, 
we're happy with. But once you can feel the high ball, because teams just go straight box kick when they come to the sports ground because they know how hard it is to catch. Yeah. But uh, there's a there's a few of you pretty good under the high ball. Like we we kind of we've called them air porch for a while. Mac is fairly solid under the high ball. Byron, uh, Kilgallen, like there's and there's a good bond kind of amongst the players. You said you're you're close with a few of the lads. When it comes to training, even though you're close, like that back three, those back three positions, is it proper competitive? Because there is, there's a wealth of talent there. So you must have your eyes on the other lads kind of thinking, shit, he's training well this week. I better up it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so like what, at the start of the season when I wasn't training or wasn't in the team too much, like you're obviously going after your mates, your mates position and everyone's going for the same jersey, which is kind of a weird thing because we like off the pitch, we like really good mates and spend so much time together. But then when you're on the pitch, I just think you try and give your best and it's nothing personal. It's just everyone fighting for the same position kind of and, and just not take, take it to the head. You're watching and you see someone knock it on and you're kind of like, ooh. <laughs> I, I try not to get too excited about others' mistakes, but yeah, sometimes you do find yourself doing that. Uh, it's uh, European rugby this weekend. Shane, you're heading over to France to play Lyon this uh, Saturday. Um, is there a different feel around the place on a European week, week in training or do coaches kind of treat every week the same? Oh yeah, 100%, 100% there's a different feeling. I mean, uh, the players... It's just the feeling from the players. Uh, we just try and psych each other up so much. Uh, obviously, everyone from Ireland's been watching European rugby since they were growing, since they were little boys, and uh, especially like me coming in over the the last three years, uh, I've learned so much and I've just realised how big it is and how much it means to everyone, everyone here in Ireland or or in Connacht anyway. Uh, it's just such a big, big week for us as players and for for the whole for the whole province too. So we just try and I don't know, psych each other up and get ready as ready as we can for the game. Yeah, tough enough, kind of first two weeks in Europe, but yeah, there was some in the second game in particular. There was some good, good signs. You know, it was a tough team to be going against, but you see what kind of can do in that. And then a couple of the games this season have been unbelievable. Where do you see the potential of this team? Like, you it's top eight titles. What what do you think? Oh yeah, definitely top eight. I would say hundred percent top four, and uh, like we could we could potentially like hundred percent be we believe in ourselves to be in the in the semi final uh, this year. So we, we're really pushing towards that. And what what's really exciting is like we it feels like we're getting better every every training session, every week. We just work and chipping away at the things we have to get better at. And I just, I just see so much growth in the in the team and. It's just like a really positive feeling around the place. And yeah, it's really exciting. So that's the expectation in the changing rooms is top four challenge. That's where people want to be at. 100%, yeah. Yeah, we've often considered, you know, Champions Cup obviously is huge to be a part of. And as Connacht fans, we're delighted to be in the you know the top competition. What What is the feeling around it in terms of, uh, with the way the league format works now, obviously top eight guarantees you next year's Champions Cup, whereas obviously you could get to the final of a Champions Cup and not not be in the next year's Champions Cup as well. Is there more of that kind of favour towards a strong league kind of fight rather than maybe a long run in Champions Cup this season? Um, I I just think we, we try and give our best every game. I mean, uh, like... I try not to think about the, the positions on the, on the table too much and that stuff. I just... I think everyone just tries to give the best every single game, and I know uh, sometimes we have a little few few slip ups, or whatever. But I just think like ever, it means so much to everyone. Everyone pulling the the Connacht jersey over your head, and 
Uh, once you're out on the pitch, you don't, you're not really thinking about the table and stuff. You're just trying to give your best for the province. I always kind of wonder as well, like if you're you're a professional rugby player, it's your day in, day out, your bread and butter. Are you interested in rugby outside? Like, do you watch other URC games, or is it downtime after training, after matches? You're not really, you're not tuning into too much. Uh, the only thing on our TV is rugby at the moment. So yeah, we love watching rugby. Um, all the lads lads like watching rugby. Sometimes we will just go somewhere, like eat dinner, watch the game on the TV at the restaurant, whatever. But like, you, you'd always find yourself watching rugby if it's training from the day, or if there's a if there's a t uh, a game on the TV, whatever. You'd always find yourself watching rugby. Last question before we get into some of the Q and A stuff, Shane. Um. You know, you often hear about Connacht and sports ground that it's it's a lot louder than you expect, especially on big game nights. Did you find that last weekend now against Munster? Were you were you surprised like like some people are with how actual loud and and rowdy you can get? Oh yeah, yeah. Last week it was. Uh, I, I I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. Just off the Jack Angels try, I think that was the loudest I've ever heard the sports ground. It was it was the best feeling ever. Uh, yeah, it was just unreal feeling. Uh, Jack Angels scoring the try and then hearing the crowd and yeah it's just unreal like the it was the best feeling on the pitch ever yeah it was it was it was amazing to be in the crowd as well it was it was proper loud which is great um proper cold as well proper cold as well yeah <laughs> that's why we were clapping to warm our hands up um me look at let's get to the real stuff now uh, Shane me and Sam are huge golfers we hear you're a very good golfer as well let's do some golf chat um first of all yeah when did you start playing how did you get into it I'm t- you say you don't have a handicap. None of us believe that. What do you What are you shooting regularly here, Shane? Oh, uh, I started playing when I was. Oh, I can't remember. My dad uh, made me like a, a custom made club. He like kind of cut it down for me, and I remember hitting golf balls. I think I was like four years old, whatever, hitting golf balls in the garden. And uh, yeah, I've played. Been playing ever since. Uh, me and my brother always used to play together. And my dad, we every weekend we'd just go out and play around. Uh, handicap wise, what would I say? Uh, uh, I'd say I'm around like 12, 13 at the moment, but I, I was I was lower before, so uh, I don't get to play as much here in Galway. I don't like playing in the cold. The the hands. <laughs> yeah, you picked the wrong kind to play golf in, then that's for sure. Hundred percent. Or if you don't like playing in the cold. No, I hate it. I think it's the worst thing ever. Or the rain. If it's rain, I'm not playing. Simple as. Oh. A cold the worst, the worst, play, but. the worst feeling ever is hitting the best drive, smoking down the middle of the fair, and the ball's plugged. You can't find the ball. Yeah, we've we've been saying that as well. We played before Christmas, and it was like, you know, you hit a, ba- a decent shot, and the ball's gone. Just gone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, me and Sam are... are do, you watch, do you watch a lot of golf then as well? Are you... Like, me and Sam are obsessed to the point of, like, we're reading books about it, we're watching YouTube videos. Are you, are you on that level as well? Oh, yeah. we uh, Me and Charlie, I got uh, kind of got Charlie Ward on the on the golf buzz now. And we've been watching a lot of, lots of golf, um, excuse me, we've been watching a lot of golf videos and just, like, trying to watch golf whenever it's on the TV. Um, we love going to swing out in uh, Ornmore, when it's raining and stuff, so that's how we, we spend our, most of our time anyway. Well, that's where me and Sam live, so we'll have to we'll have to go and go to swing at some stage. Um, That'd be class. Well, we'll not have a long drive contest because you're going to absolutely smoke us in that. But maybe yeah, we'll play around <laughs> or something like that. But uh, there's actually I don't know if you watched each. There's a golf sidekick guy on YouTube who's South African and he is really good. If you're ever looking for kind of some content, he's really good. But, I'll go. I'll go. Watch um, that, yeah. Sorry, sorry to everyone listening who wanted to talk about rugby. We just had to talk about golf for a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> what f- is Smurf versus Shane Bolton 
grudge match. We'll pick the one sunny day so that you're both happy. No, we'll go to uh, Swing and Ormore. We'll do it on Swing and Ormore. Uh, swing and Ormore, if you listen to this, you can sponsor or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll get to some Q&A. Shane, we've kind of sent out to the listeners of the podcast, send some questions. So we've picked a few. And as always, there's a few kind of players who have uh, <laughs> sent a few questions in as well. But I'll start with this one. And this was a pretty popular one uh, from Brian Quinn on Twitter. Any any conversations with Andy Farrell or let's talk about your do you have any aspirations, potential aspirations to play for Ireland at some stage? I mean if I if I get the opportunity to potentially play for them, I, I would love it. It'd be a, a big blessing and uh it would yeah, like I would love to do it. Um obviously I do have uh Irish roots, so I guess it'd be lovely to play for them. Um I'm just trying to f- focus on my on my like current situation and just try and become the best player I can try not to think about that too much and just let things fall into place so if that happens I'd be lo- I'd love that but just trying to focus on the here and now and can we confirm have you has Andy Farrell or anyone from the Irish coaching team reached out no 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 okay. nothing yet okay well get on to that Andy but um also Brian Quinn asked and this was also quite popular it's more around who's the fastest player at Connacht people are saying it's you some people are saying it's Porchy you know, some people are saying it's Finley Beelham, they're probably wrong. But look at you know, who who's the fastest when it comes to a hundred meter race? Uh Jack Anger. <laughs> of course, we knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh hundred meter race would be difficult now. We we haven't had many races. Uh there's definitely very fast guys like John Porch, Dermot Kilgallen, um who else is up there? Over short distances, you don't want to be racing against Colin Riley, uh, really rapid. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone, but there. Oh, Andrew Smith is also rapid. Yeah, um, yeah, there's really fast guys. Mac uh, is Mac think, is deceptively fast. Mac doesn't look like he's moving that fast. And I don't then think he's, he's just a long. Like I don't think he's a sprinter though. He's more of a kind of fast in the in a phone his, box. His acceleration is unbelievable. So like. How he can go to zero to hundred in like five or ten meters is unbelievable. But after ten meters, uh, Mac would be behind us. Can you clear something up for us now? Because Porchy was the he's been the question for years. But uh, if you're faster than Porchy, it might be you. We reckon if Smurf started on the halfway line of the sports ground and Porchy started on the try line, Porchy would beat him to the other try line. Do you, th- uh, you think you'd beat him? Well, he's never seen me in person or seen me. <laughs> so how is he going to judge this? I think he gets a vibe. Though. <laughs> yeah, I know he does. Yeah. <laughs> if if Porchy's beaten you, I beat you. But Porchy's getting a bit old now. Um, he's a father so now as well. He's a dad. He's got that dad exactly, back. Yeah. yeah, he's got the dad back. Okay, so you versus Gamer Kilgallen versus Porchy, fifty meters. Fifty meters. Uh, oh, it's you such can, a tight you call. You can say yourself. I, it's okay. You I'm not. I'm not going to say myself. So I'd say. I'd say Dermot would take Porchy on that one. Dermot. Dermot's got those. That he's got that athletic form as well. He's like yeah, determined. Yeah. He's got he's the fastest. Few... The fastest uh, sprint or recorded like speed. We, you know, we play with the GPSs in our in our jerseys. I think it was in the Glasgow game. I think it was when he got the interception. He he ran. I actually can't remember what the what the what the speed was, but I think it was like a ten point seven seven meters per second. Meters per so, second? Oh Christ! Yeah. I'm gonna have to Google it. What that is in miles <laughs> per hour. Sam, you ask yeah. the next question. I'll Google. Uh, so, who's your favorite? Uh, this is from Johnny Burns. Sorry, on Instagram, he said, uh, "Who's your favorite WWE wrestler?" I'm presuming you're into WWE, or this question is gonna fly. I I have watched it. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan now. Uh, I loved Roman Reigns. Oh. Uh, 
the spear tackle was his, his uh, I don't know, his signature move. So that's, that's has, has Finley not got you into the wrestling at all? Oh no, I I wouldn't want to wrestle with Finley, but <laughs> I've, I've, seen, I've seen the videos of Finley doing the wrestling videos, and it's really funny to watch. Uh, just to clarify, ten meters per second is twenty-two miles an hour. That's pretty rapid, to be fair to Damon Kilgallen. So uh, yeah, we'll have to get Damon on. He can he can tell us. Um, this one's going to be probably tightly contested. So John Mulvan Vanerti, am I pronouncing that probably Mulvanerti, uh, on Instagram? Um, he asked, "Who's the funniest in the squad?" Who's the funniest in the squad? Yeah, it's probably uh, a lot. Probably a lot. There's lots of funny guys. Uh, Finley, Finley, definitely top three. Uh, who else would be there? Dominique Robertson McCoy, very funny lad. Always bringing, always getting uh, good jokes. And then Joe Joyce is also he's a dark horse. He's a funny guy. Uh, Jordy Duggan also lots of forwards, lots of forwards in there. I think to be a forward, you have to be, you know, a screw loose. So I think that helps. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. Guys, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Tom Daly, he asked a few now, to be fair to him, former guest. Yeah, we don't know if we'll even be able to air these. With Tom Daly, <laughs> you never quite know, so you might never hear this if you're listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> so he asked, uh, what's your favourite try celebration? I hope there's a story behind this. Oh, aspect. yeah. Uh, so uh, me me, and and Tom, I don't know, we always kind of make jokes at training, and if you score a training try, we would always have like a celebration for each other. And I don't know if you've seen after the Ulster game or in the after my try in Ulster, I did the Konnichiwa for for Dales, and uh, that that's my favorite one at the moment. Or I think the next one is gonna be the shark. Me, me, Tom Daly, and Tom Farrell do that all the time for each other. So okay, so we yeah. can, can we get a podcast exclusive here? So if the next try you score, you're gonna do which? What is it? A, a shark fin? Is it basically? I I think so. Yeah, I think that's going to be the one. One of one of the. And before off the ball, decide that that means you're signing for the Sharks. You've already denied <laughs> that you have any interest in signing for the Sharks. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Imagine that yeah. was actually what he was doing. <laughs> to... oh, uh, and then uh, Tom Daly also asked, and I haven't a clue what this means, so this might not make it in. But uh, who's the biggest mailer in the squad? Oh yeah, that's just a kind of a, a can I say slang word. In in the group, I don't know Mailer. There's a lot of gossip gossip girls in the in the team. So the biggest Mailer, I think uh, Tom is teaching Shane Shane Jennings quite a bit of uh, how to gossip and the Mailers. But like Shane Jennings is there, Tom Daly there, uh, Matthew Burke is a good Mailer. So just pe- it, uh... people who gossip about just general Not- stuff, is it? I, I wouldn't say gossip, sorry, that's the wrong word. Um, mail, so like news-wise, they'd always have the inside news from someone or somewhere. Well, Tom Daly is the Daily Mail, as we've known. From exactly, the time yeah. Okay, okay, so that makes more sense, okay. Yeah. We need to get Daily in with just some rugby rumours at the end of every podcast. Uh, just just feed us in some, it doesn't even have to be real, like just feed us in some good he has un- He has unreal mail. Uh, you should honestly get him on more often. <laughs> we'll get some, get some dirt and some people. Uh, and finally, Finally, then the great Abraham Papali, one of our favorite guests of all time, um, he asked, "Does Jared Butler do proper squats in the gym?" Oh, I can't answer that one because I don't gym with the forwards, but I I don't think he does. I don't. There's think he a, does. <laughs> Big Papa doesn't think he does. That's for sure. Um, no, hundred percent not. Uh, that's pretty, look. That's we could have asked more questions, but we don't want to keep Shane here all even. Uh, we've absolutely been thrilled to have you on here, Shane. We appreciate you giving up uh, your time, especially on your day off, 
uh, to come on here and chat shite with us. Um, thank you so much and best of luck this weekend and best of luck for the rest of the season and sure we might even get you on some other time Shane thank you guys uh, for having me on and uh, yeah thank you for everything uh, it's been class cheers